Yes, yes, it's Trump Day. What's up, Morning Ritual? Gary Lewis, KNST AM 792, Sons, most stimulating talk. Three things I think you need to know. Number one, well, apparently uh, the Republicans held Ohio. They won that special election by the skin of their freaking teeth. We'll get to that. So uh, the media is going to say how even though the Democrats lost, it's a win. And Alyssa Milano is already blaming the Russians. I'm not making up that stuff. She's already blaming the Russians for the Republicans holding on to that special election in Ohio. So, yeah, there you have that. Uh, Second thing. Second thing that I think you need to know. uh, Pima County supervisors, stupid again. They approved the bowling alley sale, but that wasn't going to stop. They also, uh, three to two, the two dissenters, Allie Miller, Steve Christie, they delayed to vote to accept those Operation Stone Garden grants that the feds give to everyone around the country to help with extra costs when it comes to uh, all kinds of crime and drug crime and illegal immigration. Not like they're border agents, but um, they're allowed to uh, to hire more agents to pay overtime so they can do more things to keep us safe. And it's been going on since 2004. But now because they hate Trump, they're like, we don't want the feds money. We'll get to that. Isn't that just beautiful right there? Isn't that just great? Uh, third thing that I think you need to know uh, is that uh, this and this is just this is literally insane. You have a bombshell. Remember Bruce Orr, the DOJ official, Bruce Orr, uh, and he got fired because he was leaking stuff. Turns out that now it looks like there was a big relationship. There was a back channel. Bruce Orr of the DOJ uh, was back channeling information given to him by Christopher Steele. And, and and it was all about the that fake dossier. And Orr was giving it to the FBI, and the FBI was shielding this. All in an effort to try to take down Trump. It's, it's coming out. This is literally huge. Huge. This is insane. Did Morning Joe talk about it? Uh, probably not. They're talking about Russia and how uh, the Republicans are still going to lose because any whatever. Three things I think you need to know. Oh, I, I see it in the prep, Ryan. I put the wrong link. It's the link below that, which has the actual audio. Oh, man. That's all right. Okay. We'll get to it. We don't need that right now. We don't need that. No, no, no. However, what I want to talk uh, about is this, uh, again, this election, really quick. Uh, voter turnout was awful. That's why it was so close. Apparently, going back like 40-something years, Republicans won this uh, this district in Ohio. And you know what this shows, by the way? That Trump is the most liked, beloved Republican in the country. It shouldn't be a surprise to you and me. It's a surprise to the establishment and the media and everybody else. Uh, but apparently this Republican guy didn't do a good job fundraising this. The Republican guy that won very, very... They're still calling it too close to call. The dude won. He won literally by less than 1%. It's like by... I mean, I'm, the numbers... It's like by 1,500 votes or something like that. 1,700 votes, whatever it might be. It's, it's not by a lot. Troy Balderson. He didn't do a good job at all. He was ahead, and then all of a sudden, this uh, Danny O'Connor guy didn't run as a socialist, ran as a centrist, like that guy in Pennsylvania did. And uh, all of a sudden, Democrats were energized to get out and vote, and Republicans were not energized to get out and vote. And it took Trump to call this dope and say, I'm coming out and I'm helping you. And the guy went from losing to all of a sudden barely winning by the skin of his teeth. Thanks to Trump. That's what it comes down to. Thanks to Trump. Let me give an example, okay? Matt Griffin. Um, you have, yeah, yeah. So this this guy, um, 
got a hundred thousand, just a little over a hundred thousand votes, like a hundred thousand, maybe a little over a hundred one thousand. It was like a hundred one thousand and change. Well, the old Republican, the incumbent, that won in twenty sixteen, same district, got two hundred fifty one thousand votes. It's a big difference right there. So this Republican that barely won by the the seat of his pants got 150,000 less votes. That's a big deal. It's a huge deal. According to a story that I saw on the Gateway Pundit, and it went through the, uh, the voter information, uh, the old Republican beat the Democrat in 2016 66% to 30%. Turns out, Democratic turnout in this special election was 87%. 87% of the 2016 total. If you look at the GOPs that turned out uh, to vote in this special election, only 40% turned out compared to the 2016 total. Now, why is it? Is it because it's a special election? People don't pay attention. School starts. Maybe. But maybe also this guy was boring as hell. I don't even know if he was a Trumpian candidate or not. And Trump just wanted to hold on to the seat for three months till these same guys go at it again. Um, But it took Trump to get there and energize people to get out and vote. Who knows how many would have actually stayed home? There were people, apparently, I'm not kidding you, I've seen stories, people saying we didn't even realize there was a special election until Trump got there. So for, uh, for dopes that just hate Trump so, 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 so much, uh, I mean, the guy makes a big freaking difference. He carries a big stick, literally, little Marco. Huge stick, gigantic stick. So, yeah. Um, CNN even reporting the story. CNN reporting that Trump gave this this Republican guy in Ohio, Troy Balderson, a big boost. Right? That's a big freaking deal. Um, without Trump, this guy would have lost. He's tr- 72 years old. The guy's insane. He's, he's incredible. He's fantastic. 72, he's got all this energy. Right? 72, he's got all this energy. He, he's going to keep doing this stuff. He's going to go from, because he wants to make sure he can get his agenda done. So he's going to get out there and literally probably hit up two, three times a week uh, as much as he can, different different races to try to get people to, to realize they should go vote to help him get his agenda through. How incredible is that, man? Right? Um, it's, it's really uh, remarkable how impactful the Trumpster is. And for people to continue to actually try to uh, to claim that he is not liked or this, it's insane. It's literally insane. Um, I want you to hear a clip from CNN with the dumbest man on TV. Come up over there if you don't mind. Dumbest man on TV, Don Lemon. Uh, and as a reporter from last night uh, about the Ohio special election, uh, this guy, the CNN reporter is Jason Carroll. Listen to this. Here we go. Carroll is there for us. Jason, good evening to you. What's the mood like there? Well, we just heard a huge uh, cheers uh, erupting here in the room as some of the most uh, recent uh, precinct reportings just came in. Look, the campaign has said uh, steadily all along that, look, they feel as though Donald Trump gave them the necessarily necessary boost to push them ahead. They know that there was a lot of momentum on the other side coming from the O'Connor camp. They feel as though Donald Trump coming in helped Balderson, helped him with some of those folks who Duh. were sort of sitting on the sidelines. You know, I- there you go. The ones that really weren't sure. So um, obviously this guy was not the most, I don't know anything about him, but I'm assuming he's not the most dynamic candidate. Didn't inspire people to get out and go vote. 
So the Republicans better realize we better just copy the damn Trump agenda. Uh, Trump agenda. It literally wins. It literally wins. And I'm not making up this. Alyssa Milano. Alyssa Milano. She tweeted out, this is so freaking good. Oh, man. Oh, by the way, apparently it's not official. Um, NBC Politics tweeted out, this NBC News Politics. It's too close to call, and they're going to count provisional ballots, and it'll be counted within the next 10 days. Vote will be certified by August 24th. But the guy, listen. So Republicans declared victory. Uh, The Democrat has not conceded. Whatever. Um, but Alyssa Milano tweeted out, <clears throat> because just, just to give you a heads up, the Green Party got, the Green Party, whoever that candidate was, got 1,120 votes. And this dude is down by like 1,700 votes or 12, it's something like that. So if people didn't vote Green and went to the Democratic Party, it would have been much, 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 much closer. Who knows if it would have helped him, but... Alyssa Milano, the genius she is, tweeted out, you know what sucks? Because of our unwillingness to pass policy that protects our election integrity, I immediately think the Green Party votes tonight are Russian meddling. Why else would anyone cast a protest vote in Ohio when there's so much at stake? Russian meddling. Well, you know, maybe they should have passed voter ID laws or something like that. You know, have an ID, prove that you are actually a resident of the United States of America and eligible to vote. (laughs) That's too hard mm-hmm. and discriminatory. By the way, uh, Rod Rosenstein, who hates Trump, the number two guy at the DOJ, when they indicted those 12 Russians and everybody else, he said, there is no evidence that there were any votes changed in any election. They just basically put out some fake news stories, which, again, is the same thing that happens every day on CNN and MSNBC and the news network. So I don't I don't know the difference. Anyway, so you have that, which is nice. We are jam-packed today, by the way. Uh uh, apparently, and we'll get this at 640, uh, Martha McSally, remember, she's, she's, uh, if she's tough enough to take on terrorists. She could take on the libs in Congress. Well, apparently, she's very scared of Kelly Ward. I'll tell you what she, what her lawyer's doing. Grow a pair of ovaries and get the job done. Yeah, yeah, Martha. <laughs> I'll tell you what uh, her lawyer's doing to try to, uh, I guess, attack Kelly Ward. We'll, we'll get to that. Uh, however, coming up at about uh, 5, going to have an update on Oral Valley. 710 going to have an update. Melanie Barrett, a young mom in Oro Valley. She has a law degree. Uh, she, when she went to school at BYU, she, was, she did some uh, zoning and that kind of stuff. She's, so she knows what she's doing. She was on the zoning board, planning zoning for Oro Valley for three years. And she's going to give some insight about how uh, Satish Hiramath and his crew didn't want to hear what anybody had to say. Um, that's at 710. But guess what? Guess what? Umberto Lopez, who owns HSL Properties and the Hilton El Conquistador, and he dumped off that money-losing golf course that was a disaster to Satish. Satish bought it, and we've lost, uh, the Oro Valley taxpayers have lost $6.9 million since they bought it. Um, guess what Umberto is now doing with his resort? Oh, man. That's coming up. KNST AM 790, Tucson's most stimulating. KNST has your shot at a trip to Our iHeart Radio Music Festival. Text the keyword jackpot to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeart Radio info, standard data, and message rate supply. That's jackpot to 200-200. All right, 631. Thanks for hanging out on this Wednesday. It is your morning ritual. KNST AM 792 sounds most stimulating talk. 76 out of 99 in thunderstorms. That's what it's going to be. Gretzky and thunderstorms. Thunderstorms throughout, uh, well, till like, well, for the next like 10 days, it looks like. As of now. As of now. So, all right, we have that. 
Uh, just so you know, there was an, uh, an op-ed in the local paper. I, again, second day in a row, but it's somebody just wrote, got my interest about the uh, Oral Valley elections. And in it, uh, this guy that wrote this piece for the Oral Valley elections, mayor council, doesn't like the current mayor and council, and I get it. And um, he says that uh, Umberto Lopez, HSL Properties, which again owns the Hilton El Conquistador up there, um, and remember, they could not keep the Hilton resort name unless they had golf and tennis. He didn't want to pay for the golf, so he told his buddy Satish, hey, do me a favor. I'll give you a good deal on this. Take it off your head. Take it off my hands. It's worth lands worth $3 million. So to you for a million. Of course, he had to put millions to fix the golf course, and nobody's playing golf like they used to. So he got the town to pick up all that stuff so he can keep the Hilton name. Well, now, apparently, uh, HSL Properties, according to this story in the local paper, um, you ready for this one? Uh, they have applied to build a spa at the Hilton. They want to become, they want to change from a golf resort to a spa resort. Because now, Oro Valley taxpayers are stuck with that money-losing golf course. So he got rid of the golf courses. Satish gladly took them irresponsibly, for his, I guess for his own self-interest for whatever reason. <clears throat> and now they're like, we'll just become a spa now. Is that wrong? No, it's good on his part. But it sucks for taxpayers. And, and or, it was irresponsible spending from Satish Lowermath to make that happen. Irresponsible. We'll have more on that. And again, 710 this morning, Melanie Barrett's going to join us. She is uh, running for town council in Oro Valley, was on the planning and zoning board for three years, and will give us some pretty good insight as to how uh, apparently Satish and the crew, and the, the crew, this council only listens to what Satish wants, by the way. He tries to be like a king, which is hilarious. Uh, but basically, didn't want to listen to what anybody else had to say, including residents. We'll get to all that. Don't worry about it. Uh, good feed art supports. Oh, man, they will literally change your life. Like, I can't tell you that enough, okay? Um, I Again, I spent, uh, you know, a week with friends that traveled here from New York. We went to pools. We were walking on the, the hard concrete surfaces outside of the pool, in the pool. I mean, my back hurt. I could feel the difference because I wasn't wearing the art sports like I have always been, like every single day, all throughout the day, everything. Um, and, and I was just in pain. Uh, as you get older, your feet flatten out. When your feet flatten out, you don't have that arch. You're supposed to put the weight of your body on the arches of your feet. When you do that, you stay in perfect posture, perfect balance. Pain goes away. Everything's in alignment. It's amazing how that works. No more pain in your back, your knees, your your feet, your heels, uh, your ankles. Ryan did like uh, three hours of yard work. On Saturday, and I felt great after I was done. I was tired, <laughs> but I felt great but after But you had no done. leg fatigue? No leg You're fatigue. You're like, my back hurts, my knees hurt, nothing no, like that. Nope, nothing. I'm telling you, these things will literally change your life. Wear them every day at work, to work out, golf, tennis, Walk the dog, you name it. You don't have to be standing for them to work. They actually work when they're just in your shoes and your shoes are on your feet and you're sitting down. It's, exactly what Liz yeah. told me. She keeps, keeps your arch Liz from Liz from falling. the Good Feet Store. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So I'm telling you, these will change your life. Go to the Good Feet Store. They have a lifetime guarantee. Grant and Swan right next to Bed Bath & Beyond. By the way, I had the uh, Trajan Wealth uh, dinner last night. First thing someone said to me, you got those arch supports in? <laughs> I'm like, yes, I do. Always. Where are my dress shoes? I was pimped out last night. Good. Uh, for a radio guy. So go to the Good Feet store. Grant and Swan right next to Bed Bath & Beyond. Call 800-NEW-WALK for Good Feet, your arch support store. He doesn't need to take a selfie because he thinks about himself all the damn time. The Morning Ritual with Garrett Lewis is on KNST AM 790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. 642, thank you for hanging out on this uh, Trump Day. Three things I think you need to know. Thanks to the Trumpster, he pulled that... 
uh, weak candidate from the Republicans across the finish line in Ohio. It's not official yet, but he's up by 1,500 votes. He's going to win. They're going to count provisional ballots, but he's going to win. The guy was down. He was losing until Trump got there. Uh, Just so you know, also, every single candidate endorsed by the socialist nut Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez lost. That's the future, the Democratic Party right there. That's the future, you know? So, uh, again, uh, Democrats say, oh, Democrats take this thing in Ohio. Republicans are done. Well, they're still considering it a win for them. You shouldn't be surprised. Second thing I think you need to know, Pima County supervisors vote three to two to delay again accepting a million and a half bucks from Operation Stone Garden, uh, which would help uh, them fight crime, battle drugs, buy specific equipment. They've been getting money since 2004, that same exact grant. The wording every year is the exact same. But since uh, Dick Elias, the supervisor, and the rest of the nuts, the driver Sharon Bronson and Ramon Valdez, another loser, uh, they hate Trump so much they don't want the money to help fight crime here in, uh, in Pima County. It's really pathetic. Third thing, I think you need to know, and there's all kinds of different stuff. You know what, I want to I stick with this uh, on the local issue. Again, what I just said. HSL Properties, Umberto Lopez, who unloaded that money-losing golf course to Oro Valley, Satish Hiramath gladly took it, which has lost $6.9 million since Oro Valley bought it. Uh, he wanted them to keep it going because he wanted the golf and tennis resort mantra with the Hilton. Hilton said, you can't keep Hilton without being golf and tennis. Well, now, all of a sudden, he wants to change from golf and tennis to a spa resort. He's applied to build a spa. He got rid of that money-losing thing. Good. He's going to make out, and taxpayers in Oro Valley are going to foot the bill. You don't think that higher math and the rest of those clowns on the council should be replaced? Oh, yes, they should. Three things I think you need to know. So, uh, really quick, I found this to be pretty funny. You know how tough Martha McSally is? I mean, like the toughest. Like we have After evidence. taking on yeah. terrorists in combat, yeah. the liberals in the Senate won't scare me one bit. Ooh. Ooh. Because she's tough and she has a certain body part. Ready? Throw a pair of ovaries yep. and get the job done. Mm-hmm. And trust me, I know that her commercial where she has, where Trump is saying those things, you know they're just clipped in there. He didn't endorse her. It's it's a ruse. They use it. It happens. He was at a Rose Garden event. She happened to be there. He saw her. He goes, hey, there's Martha McSally. She's tough. Said nice things about her because she voted for her for one of his things. It's not an endorsement. He's staying out of this race wisely. Because deep down, I guarantee you, he knows that Kelly Ward is in line with him, but he can't, you know, if Martha wins, he's, he needs the Republican. I'm just telling you, it's the way it is. Anyway, apparently, uh, the tough Martha McSilent is so tough that she's scared of television commercials that Kelly Ward has. Uh, so scared that Martha McSilent's lawyer is firing off nasty, nasty letters to TV stations telling them to not run the ads. Uh, it's and not even Kelly, it's Kelly Ward Peck, right? A lawyer for McSally threatened to pursue legal remedies. This is from Breitbart. Against cable TV stations running a statewide ad supporting Kelly Ward, right? The Kelly Pack ad criticizes McSally. I've seen it. I think you've even heard them here. Um, it criticizes McSally's statements against then-candidate Trump's immigration and border plans. Uh, her low house voting record score from conservative group Freedom Works, all this stuff. So McSally's Senate campaign's lawyer, James Tyrell, Tyrell, whatever, sent two letters to station managers for TV stations that are running the ads. These were given to Breitbart News. He said that uh, there is a false statement of fact 
about McSally criticizing a portion of Trump's border and immigration plan, everything else, blah, blah. So anyway, they did that. They, they have issues with this stuff. They try, he's trying to intimidate these TV stations and saying, you better stop airing these. But let me tell you something. The TV station said, uh, go pound sand. We're airing these. We're airing these, right? We're airing these. So I just think it's hilarious that her D.C. swamp lawyer, and again, let me just say, for some reason, if McSally beats Ward, there you, you have to, you have to, you have to make sure that Kirsten Cinema never gets that job. I'm just telling you, never gets that Senate seat. You're going to have to hold your nose and vote for McSally. I'm just telling you, you might not like it. I don't like it, but you got to do what you got to do. So anyway, um, her lawyers. Out in D.C., it's for the McSally for Senate campaign. I mean, this is all part of the swamp. Remember, the McCain for President 2008 campaign, the PR company that helped him, uh, is working with McSally. So it's the same swamp lawyers that are literally trying to bully TV stations here in Arizona. That's what it comes down to. Threatening them. And the TV stations have said, yeah, whatever. Which is good. Right? They're refusing to pull the ad. I just thought it was funny because Martha McSally, she's the toughest, right? She's the toughest. She's the... Um, Grow a pair of ovaries well, yeah. and get the job done. Mm-hmm. I was actually telling someone last night as she refuses to come on the show and he's like, you know, you got... And the, the person said to me, you got to show your courage and conviction. Like, why wouldn't you go on a, the show and whether you agree or disagree, you got you to deal with that stuff, right? I, I said, I know. I know. I'm aware of that. Well, here's the problem. <laughs> Tell me. You're a white male, and she's afraid of you. If you were a... Uh, After taking on terrorists in combat, terrorists. the liberals in the Senate yeah, wouldn't scare me one point. bit. It's a good point. So, there you go. There's Martha McSally. That's a good... That's a good I, I'll give you that. That's a very good point. It's a very good point. I don't know. Uh, I want to shift gears really quick. Um, Because we're going to talk more about this. The Operation Stone Garden Grant. That the Pima County supervisors three to two vote to delay accepting uh, or to delay the vote to accept the funds, which again they've accepted every year since two thousand four, and the wording of the grant is the exact same whether it was Dupnik, Nanos, or Napier for sheriff, but they're trying to make it as if they're standing up to Trump, and this grant like all of a sudden makes the Pima County sheriff's deputies border patrol agents and whatever, and they're lying. I want you to hear Supervisor Dick Elias. Um, I, I guess that this is while he is at the Pima County board meeting yesterday. Why he was against, uh, one of the reasons I guess that he is against the acceptance of federal money to help keep Pima County more safe. Uh, he said this. The zero tolerance policy has crushed the soul of this nation in many ways. Thank you, racist Dick Elias. And he is racist, by the way, if you don't know. Uh, and we're going to get to that. So. But before I explain more, I want you to hear Dick Elias. Uh, was it last year? Maybe the year before? Whatever it was. He's, he's a, he, uh, he hates Border Patrol. I guarantee he's like an Occupy Ice guy. Right? This nut. He said the same racist joke twice. Two different meetings. Here we go. Here's one. We understand that it's important uh, to share those dollars and to make sure that the roads that we all drive on. Because believe it or not, when I bring my passport with me, I can go past River Road. And drive on Thorny Dale and I am. That fell flat. And not be fearful 
of getting stopped by the Border Patrol, but rather <laughs> I have a little better roads to be able to drive on that. Yeah, genius. One, one more, because that, that didn't really work. I was going to say that I was up there uh, in District 1 yeah. this weekend, and, and yeah, I, I, I took my passport with yeah. me just in case. You know, <laughs> hey never know what's going to happen. That was a there. visa, not a passport. <laughs> ah, there's a lot of those Border Patrol guys running around, oh, okay. so I was careful. Was that wrong? Mm-hmm. So racist supervisor Dick Elias, and I, only, I know he goes by Richard, but we only have four hours, so I got to call him Dick for short because, you know, I just don't have time to say Richard. So we call him Dick, Dick Elias, supervisor Dick Elias. Is he a, is he a tall guy? Is he, is is he, he supervisor little? <clears throat> anyway, so. Um, short. Anyway, he is a, he is a he's a he's a moron, and he's against keeping uh, Pima County safer. Uh, how I want him to hear something. There's a major story because he you know he heard what he said. He said that uh, the separation of families crushed the soul of this nation. Well, I have a story about a uh, an illegal alien that lied, got caught lying, claimed that a little girl that he was traveling with was his daughter. Um, they separated he and his daughter. And then it came out what he was doing to this girl. And Dick Elias apparently is okay with this. I'll tell you about that coming back in four. KNST AM 790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. Yes, yes, yes. How you doing? Everything good on this Trump day? It is your morning ritual. It's 7.08 in the morning. KNST AM 790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. Garrett Lewis with you. Three things I think you need to know. Number one... Number one, uh, number one is this. Uh, in Ohio, it's not officially called yet, but the Republican has said, I won. He's up by like 1,700 votes, something like that. Uh, apparently, they're going to count provisional ballots. Takes to August 24th. But uh, the Democrats and the media said, if we win, Trump's done. They didn't win. They still say, even though he didn't win, we won this morning and Trump's done. You got to love that. Trump dragged this guy across the finish line. Drag this guy across the line. He was losing until Trump said, I'm going to go out there and campaign for you. By the way, the face of the Democratic Party, the socialist Alexandria Cortez Ocasio, sorry, my Facebook page, every candidate she endorsed, lost. 28-year-old, no experience. I got a great email. 28-year-old, no experience endorsing candidates. Wow, okay. Uh, second thing that I think you need to know, Pima County supervisors vote 3-2 to two to delay a vote for Operation Stone Garden. Uh, they don't want the $1.5, $1.4 million worth of funds that they've received in Pima County from the feds since 2004. It's literally the same wording every year from Dupnik to Nanos to Napier. But now all of a sudden the geniuses don't want it because they hate Trump. Supervisor Dick Elias really against it and says that he, you know, he's against it and separating the kids from their parents or whatever, even though they're not even their parents half the time. It's crushed the soul of this nation. He is a dope and a danger to our community. Third thing, I think you need to know, Oro Valley, big election coming up there. Uh, you know, they took the golf course, Satish Lowermath, the mayor, running for re-election, on his own, negotiated a deal to take the money-losing golf course from Humberto Lopez and his HSL properties that own the Hilton Conquistador. They wanted to keep the golf and tennis resort, right? Hilton said, you got to keep golf. You want to keep golf and tennis. So he said, okay, we'll do it. I don't want to pay for it. Satish, you take it from me. Satish did. Taxpayers have lost $6.9 million ever since. And now all of a sudden, Satish, yeah, what do you have to say for this? Nothing. 
Umberto says, I'm applying to build a spa. I want to make it the spa resort, not even golf and tennis anymore. Genius. Three things I think you need to know. Uh, speaking of that, we had Joe Winfield on a couple weeks ago. You could hear the interview. iHeartRadio.com. Search Garrett Lewis. Check it out for yourself. He's running for mayor to replace Satish Lowermath. Um, three members, uh, three people are running for town council. One of them is named Melanie Barrett, and she is a young mom up in Oro Valley. Melanie joins me now. Thanks for joining me, Melanie. How are you doing this morning? I'm good. How are you? Thanks oh, for having me. You got it. Before we talk about your experience and your past, and you have a, a law degree, BYU, you know, you're not one of these old fogies up there in Oro Valley that's just complaining you don't have enough pickleball courts, stuff like that. Um, I want to get your take on uh, this thing that came out of the local paper this morning. Uh, it, to me, again, the biggest thing is the irresponsible spending by Satish Hiremath and the crew up there. Uh, and and yes. that buying of that that golf course, which was awful, to get your take on that. But the fact now that he does the, the, the owner Umberto Lopez, who has donated a lot of money to Satish and the members of the council, and he got the taxpayers to take the losses for the golf course, and he got the benefit from it by keeping the Hilton name up there at his hotel. Now he wants to not even be known as a golf resort; he wants to go straight spa. I mean, that's like a knife in the back of the taxpayers, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think he sees the. The writing on the wall that long-term taxpayer, um, you know, subsidization of golf is not a great long-term strategy. And so he's moving towards being a spa resort so that he can keep the name spa or resort in his Hilton name. Because mm-hmm. if some, you know, let's, let's say that you and Joe and the other two counts people win and you want to do something with the, uh, the golf course, you know, maybe even just close it down, whatever, then he'd be in trouble because he couldn't keep the name resort, right? He couldn't keep Hilton. So, yeah, that's my understanding. Yep. Yes. So let me, I be- mean, I think it's likely that, you know, there will be some kind of temporary solution as we transition. You know, I think there will be some golf in Oro Valley because we're in this, in this situation. Because of because of Satish, I mean, you got to deal yeah, with, you got to clean and, up the mess. And the five hundred and eighty-five page contract with HSL that we've been saddled with. Oh God, um, Melanie Barrett is on KNST AM seven ninety, running for town council in Oro Valley. Uh, before we get to your experience on the planning and zoning board, um, you're thirty six. You have a bunch of kids. Uh, you know, you're and again, it's it's what Oro Valley is becoming. It was named the number one place to raise a family a couple of years ago in Arizona. Um, why are you running for town council? Um, well, I think that uh, I've been on the Planning and Zoning Commission for the last three and a half years. I'm really interested in zoning. I took classes about it in law school and did well in those and things. And, uh, and my experience on the Planning and Zoning, you know, I got in there and I tried to make some positive changes and work within the system and things like that. But over time, it just became worse and worse, and especially once the council went to their 7-0 vote um, two years ago. That it, I just felt like the citizens were not getting a voice, that they weren't being listened to. And then I also have deep concerns about the special interest contributions and those things that are kind of pulling the strings in Oro Valley. And I also feel that younger families are being overlooked um, in the way that this mayor and council spends the money in the town. Uh, in, in what way? How are, how are uh, younger families being overlooked? Well, in the... In the last eight years, several times, the top amenity being requested by residents has been a playground. And, you know, a playground is not that expensive in the context of the entire town budget. And yet in eight years, not a single playground has gone in, despite that being the top amenity requested by residents. 
Um, the amount being spent on golf in the community center or that portion of the budget is 2.7 times the entire rest of the parks and recreation budget. Wow. And so <laughs> I think that that shows that there's a lot of money going into this, these kind of things, you know, that aren't being used to serve the things that the people in our town are asking for. So you, and this is Melanie Barrett. She is one of the uh, three people running for town council in Oral Valley. She's on KNST AM 790. So you spent uh, three and a half years on the Planning and Zoning Commission under the Higher Math Administration. Um, yes. Can you explain what you guys do uh, in as in his lame in English terms as possible? Because I'm just a dumb radio guy. Uh, and then I want you to talk about, um, you know, if if Higher Math and his council members we're actually open to listening to what you guys recommended. Yeah, so um, we make a recommendation to council. So we take a vote on different planning and zoning actions, and then those go before council, and they're just a recommendation. The council doesn't have to follow them. Um, it is common that the Planning and Zoning Commission votes in favor of the development, and I voted in favor of several of the developments for two reasons. One, I'm not opposed to development. I'm, opposed, I'm in favor of responsible development, and I'm opposed to special interests controlling that development. And two, um, often I would add amendments or conditions to try and do what I could to make the situation more palatable. But recently we've seen the council take out conditions that were key compromises at the planning and zoning level um, when it did come to them. If we ever did deny anything on planning and zoning, it got approved anyway. And, um, you know, in general, we just didn't feel that our concerns were being presented to them through staff reports and otherwise. And interestingly, in the three and a half years I've been on there and a year and a half spent as the vice chair, I had never met the mayor. He really? never once came to one of our meetings. He never once attended a neighborhood meeting. He never once came and met any of us at any of our volunteer appreciation dinners or anything like that. So I didn't meet him until I began running in this race. Wow. He had no interest. So basically, again, what you guys, and how many members of the Planning and Zoning Commission were there? Yeah, there's seven members of the Planning and Zoning Commission. And, um, you know, one of them is a friend of the mayor and council who runs a PAC for their reelection. Oh. And when recently two pro-development votes were going to end their term, there was a four-year limit on um, term limits on the Planning and Zoning Commission, the mayor and council changed the requirement to um, allow for longer terms on the Planning and Zoning Commission. So it's a little bit stacked towards those pro-development votes. And at that time, I know there were eight applications um, for, for qualified people to come and be on the Planning and Zoning Commission. So there was, you know, really no need to make that change. So Satish and his crew stacked the Planning and Zoning Commission with people that would do what they wanted, basically. That's what appeared that way. It appeared that way. Okay. I wouldn't say that's the case of every person on there. You know, there are some citizens that are really working hard and serving with integrity. But I would say that that is definitely an influence. Uh, Melanie Barrett is who you're listening to on KNST AM 790. She is running for Oro Valley Town Council. Um, now when you say, you know, people are going to say, oh my God, you know, here we go. Oro Valley needs to grow. We need businesses. We need homes. We need that stuff. And I hear this young lady on there and she's complaining about pro development stuff. And the knock that Satish and his crew try to say is that you guys don't know what you're doing, even though you have a law degree to classes in college about planning and zoning, you had experience. 
They just don't want to listen. Um, but you don't know what you're doing. And on top of that, you're against any kind of development. You're against, you said you mentioned responsible development. Um, explain that because people are going to say, oh, she's just using a term. I mean, are you are you yeah. against any development? What what do you want to see? Yeah, well, development? I just want to clarify that there will be no halt on development if we are elected. There are five to seven years of homes that are already zoned and in the pipeline. Um, Oro Valley is reaching eighty five percent build out, and um, so I think the issue of responsible development is you know that it needs to fit in with the neighborhoods and the communities and be responsive to the neighbors. In the last two years. There have been 14 rezoning and general plan amendments before the mayor and council, and 13 of them were approved 7-0, and one was approved 6-1. So if that isn't evidence that the special interest contributors are um, pulling some strings here, and these are the same people applying for these applications who are donating to the mayor and council's campaign, then, you know, I don't really know what would be evidence of that. Mm. And so when I say responsible development, I'm talking about having a mayor and council who can negotiate as equal partners with those who do business with the town of Oro Valley. Your, your experience being on the town council, uh, I'm sorry, not on the town council, you're running for town council, on, on the planning and zoning committee, and being an Oro Valley resident, and, and being someone involved with the local government up there, do you think that the mayor and his council are actually... Um, wanting to hear and making an effort to hear what residents have to say? No. <laughs> In fact, um, I was be first being appointed to the Planning and Zoning Commission on an evening in December of 2014, and I attended the very first golf course meeting mm. where it was on the agenda late at night in a way that no one knew it was there, so there was almost no one in the room. And I filled out my blue card and said, let's keep the community center, but let's not go forward with this expensive golf course part, you know. And, and I felt from that time on that we weren't being listened to because the Parks and Rec Board made the same recommendation. I'm saying the same thing today, you know. We're not going to close the community center. We're going to keep the community center. I've had friends speak before the council and had them mutter with the live microphones, oh, here we go again. You know, that's just kind of the attitude towards the citizens. Uh, Melanie Barrett is on KNST AM 790. She's running for town council in Oro Valley. So um, when, and let's just talk about the golf course purchase for just a second. Uh, yeah. So you were there, right there. I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I remember when this happened in December of 2014, and I couldn't believe how quickly it happened and how brash Higher Math was. And he, he bragged, he negotiated this deal by himself uh, with, uh, with with uh, Umberto Lopez of HSL Properties, I mean, what's your reaction to this this whole purchase? And and after your reaction, do you talk to people in Oro Valley, and what's their reaction about it? Um, yes, I. Well, my reaction was at first I was a little excited about the idea of having a community center, and then I found out more about the inadequacy of the facilities and the upgrades mm -hmm. that would be needed to it. But um, I was never in favor of moving forward with the golf course purchase. Of course, at that time, their five-year plan didn't show any tax revenues being involved in their break-even point. And now suddenly they've changed that definition to say it's breaking even. Mm -hmm. but, um, but, you know, so I was, I was not happy with them being able to move forward with that. I think it's obvious that the mayor may have negotiated that deal himself because it's not a good deal for the town. You know, there's 585 pages of that contract written mostly by HSL's attorneys, 
And so maybe we need some people in there who can negotiate for the town, who haven't taken money from the people we're negotiating with. And I do go out and knock door to door and talk to people in Oro Valley. I also have a lot of um, acquaintances I talk to, and people are concerned about how much money is being spent on the golf course. And not just that they think it's going to bankrupt Oro Valley or anything like that, but just that it's taking away from the things that the citizens want. You know, the Naranja Park plan is about five years or more out and has no real intentions of being finished. And yet people are asking for playgrounds, for ball fields, you know, for things to be happening for younger families. But so much of the discretionary income is going towards golf. So what would you do? Finally, last one, and this is Melanie Barrett on KNST AM790 running for town council in Oro Valley. What would you do? How would you pay for parks to be built? What would be the plan? Would you go into debt? Would you raise taxes? How would that work? No, I think that our budget that's grown at five times the rate of inflation for the last eight years has plenty of room in it. Parks really don't cost that much money, you know, in the scheme of things. In, in the amount we're losing in golf in one year, in just one year, we could put in a beautiful park, a beautiful splash pad, and a couple of baseball fields every year for the amount we're losing in golf. So I think the plan is to work hard to mitigate those golf losses. We probably won't be able to eliminate them entirely given the constraints on the property, but we're going to mitigate them, acknowledge that there's a problem, and um, try and bring that money back into the community for the things that our residents want without growing the budget further. It really doesn't need to be grown as much as it has been. Uh, how much, and I said last one, but I obviously lied, how much is the town losing? I saw $6.9 million since uh, 2015 since the purchase was official. So it's about $2.5 million a year or so? Yeah, they've been losing $2.5 million a year. They have a bond for another $3.6 million to be put into golf, which will be paid for by the sales tax subsidy coming back from the marketplace. What that means is that even more of our sales tax dollars will be paying for golf. Unbelievable. Well, listen, uh, you strike me as a sharp tack. Satish is more than welcome to come on the show, but he never will. Uh, where can people find out more about you and your, uh, your fellow candidates that are trying to replace the current candidates that are now sitting uh, in, in government in Oro Valley? Yeah, my website is melaniebarrett.org, and I'm running with Joe Winfield, Joyce Jones-Ivy, and Josh Nicholson. Right. Melanie, thank you. And for the, we'd ask yeah. for your vote. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for the time uh, this morning. A uh, big primary coming up, or big vote coming up in about, what, 20 days? So uh, we'll see what happens. Thank you so much for the time. I appreciate yeah, thank it. thank you, Garrett. Thanks for having me. You got it. Take care. It's Melanie Barrett uh, running for Oro Valley Town Council right here on KNST AM 792 Sounds most stimulating talk. Sir. Hey, it's a good thing you're here. He has a lot to tell you. The Morning Ritual with Garrett Lewis is on KNST AM 790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. Three things I think you need to know, 744. A little bit late, we had a long interview, but I thought it was really good with Melanie Barrett. Uh, three things I think you need to know. Number one, uh, the Republicans, it appears, have held on to uh, the Ohio District. Uh, they're going to count provisional ballots. Dude's up by 1,700 votes. Trump dragged him across the finish line. Cortez, the socialist, faced the Democrats. Every candidate she endorsed lost. I think it's hilarious. Second thing I think you need to know is uh, is is just this simple Operation Stone Garden to accept the federal funds that Pima County Sheriff's Department has accepted since 2004. Every year it's always the same. This year they once again delayed the vote because they hate Trump. Three nut jobs on the supervisor board hate Trump so much they're delaying the vote to keep Pima County less safe. We'll get into that in a second. Third thing I think you need to know. Uh, turns out HSL Properties, again, they own the El Conquistador up in Oro Valley. They uh, had higher math. 
take this almost $7 million loss so far on the golf course. They didn't want to manage it. Well, now it turns out that uh, HSL's Hill Mill Conquistador, they want to be a spa resort. They applied to be a, a spa. They never even wanted the golf course. They had the taxpayers, Oro Valley, put the loss on that. Isn't that nice? That's why higher math and the crew need to be voted out. Three things I think you need to know. So, uh, Operation Stone Garden, again, Pima County has applied. It's a federal grant. They get a million, almost a million and a half bucks every single year. Um, and it's to help pay overtime, you name it, buy equipment, things like that to keep us safer. It doesn't mean they're going to go arrest illegal aliens all the time. As much as you want that to happen, doesn't mean it's going to happen. Uh, every year, the same supervisors approved Dupnik and Nanos doing it. And last year, they approved uh, Napier. But this year, they're taking a stand because they literally hate, literally hate Donald Trump. I want you to hear Ford. This is an interview with Mark Napier back in, uh, Sheriff Mark Napier of Pima County, back in February, because they they originally turned it down then. Uh, So this is six months now. Number four, I asked uh, Napier about the funds. Is there any difference going back to 2004? Just listen to this. Here we go. Uh, There's a hypersensitivity to immigration issues out there. We know that. And I think this was a response to that. Nothing in the grant has changed. Nothing about my disposition where these things have changed. When you did the 400 things right there, that would be considered militarization of the border, would it? No, absolutely not. And and said. okay, and and those things were not all of a sudden brand new. You've done the Pima County Sheriff's Department either under you or Nanos or Dupnik did those same things going back years, right? Since two thousand four. So mm-hmm. there's no difference. There is no fundamental difference in what we've been doing at all. No difference. So let's go back to the beginning of the interview. Thirty eight. What exactly is Stone Garden? What, have, what has he done with it? Listen to this. Here we go. We've been doing this grant since 2004. The verbiage of that grant has not fundamentally changed in any way since 2004. They approved it in 2017, right after I was elected. Yeah. Uh, with no problems. Yeah. And that was the same grant that they rejected on uh, Tuesday. So I'm, I'm looking at it. It says Board of Supervisors on May 16, 2017, and it's the same stuff, December 13, 2016. The program goals and outcomes, missions include preventing terrorism, Enhancing security, managing our borders, administrating immigration laws, securing cyberspace, ensuring disaster resilience, all approved in 2016-2017. Same verbiage. Missions include preventing terrorism. Everything I just read in the, the one that was uh, done February 6th and it was rejected. Same exact verbiage. Absolutely. And that, the board approved that same grant okay. in 2017. Let me yeah. tell you what we did in calendar 2017 with those grant funds. Okay. Uh, we deployed 400 times along the border um, to uh, keep our county safer. We made uh, 4,700 4, traffic stops, made 30, 312 misdemeanor arrests, 164 felony arrests. We confiscated um, about 4,000 pounds of marijuana, 81 pounds of methamphetamine. Wow. That is a lot of methamphetamine. Uh, 91 pounds of cocaine. Um, 19 illegal weapons were taken off the street. And uh, 71 vehicles were seized that are used in illegal activity. We also recovered... Uh, 17 stolen vehicles. So, I mean, we're doing a lot of activity um, that Operation Stone Garden funds allowed us to do that otherwise we don't have the capacity to do. Because that helps cover costs to pay your guys, right? Absolutely. Not only that, it, it helps with with equipment. Okay. Uh, we had almost a quarter of a million dollars in this grant for equipment, and it was a really neat video downlink, a live feed from our aircraft to help keep us safer. Now, what people don't understand is the Operation Stone Garden funds, we buy equipment, and we have to use it for Operation Stone Garden operations. But the people of Pima County get the benefit of that equipment all the time because we use it for other things. 
Um, and we simply don't have the capacity, absent, absent Stone Garden funds, to uh, engage in these proactive operations with our federal partners. Uh, Pima County Sheriff Mark Napier is in studio now on KNST AM790. Let's talk about some of that equipment real quick. You were telling me uh, about the airplane you guys have, right? And you were going to buy something that lets you, let, lets you and, and your guys uh, at the Sheriff's Department go to their phone to be able to see what the plane sees, right? It, it would be a live video downlink, and we could use it for all sorts of things. First, to keep our deputies safer, because they would be able to see live what the aircraft is seeing when they're out chasing bad people. Yeah, so if somebody's out in a field or somewhere, they could fly the plane over, and they could see exactly what the guy's doing. Exactly, and we have equipment up there that can see at night that obviously our deputies cannot see, mm-hmm. uh, which is a benefit. But also for missing people, we have more and more elderly people that go missing, um, vulnerable people that wander out into the desert, so we could be able to see those things much more clearly. So that would keep people And uh, you would safer. have bought that with these funds. Absolutely. And then uh, Supervisor uh, Dick Elias said no, and then he had Sharon Bronson... And Ramon Valdez, follow him on that. There you go. So now you know exactly what happens with this, and they're acting as if it's somehow Trump giving the money to say, go get illegals. Horrible. Horrible. Irresponsible. Dick Elise and Sharon Bronson and Valdez making uh, Pima County less safe. It's KNST. Let's do it. Oh, Ryan, you're funny. I can't read what you wrote, but I find it funny. It's your morning ritual. Me, Garrett Lewis, KNST AM seven ninety Tucson's most stimulating talk. Thanks for hanging out on this Trump day. Uh, should be getting some sweet rain today. Be nice. It's kind of overcast right now, which is which is pretty good. Uh, three things I think you need to know. Number one, the Trumpster dragged that Republican across the finish line that was losing in Ohio. Republicans didn't show up to vote. Only forty percent of the amount of people showed up compared to twenty sixteen when the Republican won that district. 87% of Democrats turned out, but that's why they called a special election, hoping in a few months they'll do it. A lot of Republicans have actually told the media, I didn't even know there was an election until Trump showed up. That candidate was a, he's just a dud, which, listen, most are. Trump did it. It's not official yet, but the guy's up. He's going to win. And the Democrats are still claiming victory because that's just what they do. Alyssa Milano's blaming the Russians. I swear you can't make up that stuff. Second thing that I think, oh, by the way, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, every candidate that socialist uh, endorsed, lost. Rising star. Second thing I think you need to know, we're going to talk to Allie Miller in a second about this. Pima County supervisors vote three to two. Allie and Steve Christie voted uh, to to vote for uh, Operation Stone Garden funds. It's a grant given about $1.4 million to the Pima County Sheriff's Department to help pay for extra costs, equipment, you name it, so they can do better patrolling to keep us safer. Um, but since uh, the nut jobs, including Dick Elias on the board, hate Trump so much, they are. Uh, they, they voted against it. They delayed the vote again, again. It's insane what's going on right now. Uh, we'll talk to Ali about that more. Third thing, I think you need to know. Um, Oro Valley, big election coming up. Six point nine million in losses so far. The town has racked up from uh, Satish Hiramath, the current mayor, single handedly negotiating the purchase of that golf course, the Hilton El Conquistador. See, the owner Umberto Lopez of that hotel. Didn't want that money-losing golf course. Well, now it turns out that apparently he's applying to make it a spa resort. So he never even wanted the damn golf course. He got a sucker in Oro Valley taxpayers thanks to Mayor Hiremath buying that money-losing golf course. What a great business deal that is for Umberto. This is why Hiremath needs to be voted out of office on his giant rear end. Three things I think you need to know. Uh, Allie Miller joins us now, Pima County Supervisor. Allie, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. How are you, Garrett? Excellent. So I just played uh, a little while ago 
my interview with Sheriff Napier um, back in February, the first time right. that the three nuts on the board didn't want Operation Stone Garden funds. And, and again, just, just for the refresher, um, this grant has been approved every year since 2004 with the same exact language, right? Yeah, there were two grants or two um, different grants yesterday. Stone Garden, which they're using right now for overtime and mileage, that was $1.1 million. $1.1 million, there you go. And then there's also what is called a HIDA grant, which is High Intensity Drug, Drug Trafficking Area Grants. And those grants were worth about a million dollars. And I even got a statement from uh, County Attorney LaWall who talked about the positive benefit of the HIDA grants. And she said these same efforts will be undertaken with or without the HIDA grant funding. But in the absence of the funding, Pima County general fund monies will have to be used to cover those costs of both Sheriff's Department investigations and the county attorney's prosecutions. This is completely insane not to accept these monies. Yeah, it, it is. And again, Dick Elias, the excuses he gave... One of them I saw in the news was that um, he's against the separating of parents and children that come across the border illegally. Yeah, which has nothing to do with this. And, and, and they're complaining about ICE being in the jails. And Sheriff Napier, to his credit, has bent over backwards trying to work with these people. They established a committee back at the beginning of the year because they wanted to look at the data. They're accusing the Sheriff's Department deputies of collaborating with border patrol, which I hope they are, mm-hmm. and ICE, et cetera, and he's worked with them uh, and has bent over backwards to work with them to get provide them with information. He fulfilled, uh, even Huckleberry said he fulfilled all of the requirements, and they still aren't happy, and they had about three hours worth of uh, individuals coming in to, uh, you know, accuse uh, our sheriff deputies, our, our law enforcement of of being biased against you know people of color on and on and end of the day um, I don't believe it and uh, we all know that we need help uh, with the drug trafficking and with making sure that we get these criminal element off the street so um, as a result of that um, it was a lot of grandstanding in my opinion and I'll tell you when uh Richard just before the vote asked them all to stand up all the people that supported you know the uh denying of the Stone Garden uh grant and they all stood up and then I asked everybody I said those who support it stand up and of course there was you know uh the room full of the people that were uh against the Stone Garden accepting the Stone Garden grant uh, they shouted down me the last time they were in when I tried to speak and they were attempting to do it to the sheriff. Um, I asked them to uh, not inter- interrupt several times. End of the day, they just don't want law enforcement. They want open borders and they don't, they, you know, and, and we have to protect our citizens and I think the sheriff put it best. There's nothing, this has nothing to do with politics. It's about public safety. And um, so, you know, this has been continued again into September. And what people don't realize, by not accepting this, we impact law enforcement agencies all in Pima County. So you have Oro Valley, Marana. Um, Marana actually had their police chief there yesterday. He got called out. But they were there to support it because it's going to impact their funding. It's all connected. Um, if Pima County doesn't get it, I know Marana's is in, in jeopardy of losing their funding as well. 
because they, they want law enforcement agencies working together. So this is going to hurt our community, and it's going to decrease the public safety. Allie Miller, Pima County Supervisor, is on KNST AM 790. So these people, when they were making their crazy statements about how bad ICE is and everything else, nobody interrupted them. No, no, and, they're and allowed to get, speak, and, and, and uh, typically they give three minutes. Many of them, uh, Elias is the chair, and he allowed them to run over. Um, so, yes, they were not interrupted. And did, uh, he, did he say anything to them? them? Did he say anything when they, when they interrupted you and the sheriff? Did Dick Elias ever say anything to them? No, like, as a matter of fact, I'm, I'm a sitting board member, and, um, you know, I kept calling for point of order, and he just allowed them to continue interrupting me. Um, and this was in the last uh, meeting in June. Uh, so, and Sheriff Napier, I, I continually tried to stop them from inter- interrupting him. Where's the civility? Yeah, we're supposed exactly. to be civil, right? Yeah, we're, we're, we're always Bunch told we have to be civil and we all have to listen to each other. These people come in, they want you to listen to them, but then when you have a differing opinion, they don't want to hear it and they will not hear it. They mm-hmm. shout you down. They're yeah. incredibly rude and it continues like this every single time they come in the boardroom. That's just uh, more examples of their inclusivity and uh, diverse diversity that they love. They're just exactly. very accepting. And, and the amazing thing about this, as you discussed earlier, we've been accepting these grants for years. This is nothing new. And all of a sudden, it's a problem. And it's clearly a coordinated effort across the country. They all have the same signs, resist, we will not comply. It, it, you know, it's, it's a coordinated effort by the far left, and they're doing this across the country. They don't want, um, you know, they don't want prosecutions for drug crimes. They don't want um, borders protected. They want to have open borders. They want to allow this crime to continue in our country and bring the whole, you know, in Pima County, bring the whole county down. We've got problems with the city of Tucson Police Department. Now they want to do the same in the Sheriff's Department. This is this is incredible stuff. It um, is, it, you know, it and is I, so I don't want, I don't I don't know how, what your relationship is with Supervisor Dick Elias or anything else, um, but and you can tell me if I'm wrong or just say okay, I can't say anything, move on. But the fact that he's doing this and Sharon Bronson and and Valdez, they're dangers to the community. They're literally pushing uh, a viewpoint that is not true and leading to the public to not be as safe as it could be. Absolutely, this is all about politics. And it's all about the anti-Trump derangement syndrome. And they are doing this on purpose. They're lathering up the people in this community, uh, getting them out. And um, it is very dangerous. It's not only dangerous from a perspective of, of not getting this funding, so we have less law enforcement, less ability to enforce the laws. It's also dangerous from the perspective of, whipping people up against law enforcement. I see these people are just so angry and, and they believe that they are the enemy, that law enforcement is the enemy. And I, my view is just the opposite. Law enforcement is there to protect us. And, um, and every time that I've ever needed law enforcement, they've been there. And um, so I think these people are being whipped up unnecessarily, and I think it is a danger to continually vilify law enforcement. Look at look at the shootings across the country. There was another ambush, yeah. you know, of two officers. This is what this is accomplishing, and shame on them for, for using this as a political cudgel 
um, to get curry favor with the uh, leftist movement instead of looking out for the public safety in this community. And um, I believe they're really hurting the whole community, and um, I believe we'll be hearing more from other law enforcement agencies that come under this grant because the way it works is it, it's a countywide and other agencies will get grant money if you have it within the county because what they're trying to do is, is enforce or, or to uh, encourage collaboration among agencies. And they want just the opposite. They want to abolish ICE. They don't want any border enforcement, et cetera, et cetera. And um, I think it's time we let the, uh, the Pima County Sheriff Napier do his job as he sees fit. He was elected by the people to do this job. People have faith in him to do his job, and I think we need to get out of the way and let him uh, do the job as he sees fit. Really quick, and I, I need to keep you over to talk about the bowling alley purchase and the appraisal and that whole situation. But uh, really quick, before I go to break, um, what's the next step? When will there be a vote or the vote to vote again on this grant? Well, they now have uh, continued both out into September. Um, and as you recall, these started, uh, the uh, Stone Garden came in in February, and I think Haida came up in, I think it started end of February, beginning of March, and they keep pushing these out. Well, the federal government is on an annual budget. So they're at risk for losing these. And yep. not only that, there are counties across the country that want this money. Yeah, it'll go to them. Yeah, we never so see it. They are, they're out there with their hand out begging for the money. They are not going to continue to mess around. And, and the sheriff actually spoke about that. And one question I asked Sheriff Napier is, what impact is this going to have on your personnel? And he said layoffs could begin in weeks. So this is the kind of risk that they're putting the people in this community under just for political gain. Crazy. And they, are, they should be ashamed of themselves. I agree. Allie, can you hang on for me if you don't mind? Sure. All right, because you have to hear. Thank you. Allie Miller, Pima County Supervisor, District 1. You have to hear uh, about the bowling alley. It was finalized. They own a bowling alley. Yeah, there you go. So, again, forget about paying, uh, you know, using money of the general fund to uh, pay uh, law enforcement as the supervisors screw around. Uh, they bought a bowling alley. Much more important than keeping crime off the streets, right? You got to hear what the appraiser told Allie about the appraisal process. It's incredible. How much is it worth? It, two different values, I swear. It's coming up. KNST AM 792 sounds most stimulating talk. KNST has your shot at a trip to our IHA Radio Music Festival. Text the keyword CASINO to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus IHA Radio info, standard data, and message rate supply. That's CASINO to 200-200. 829, thank you for hanging out. Garrett Lewis with you. Going to be a Gretzky today, 99. Thunderstorms, thunderstorms like for the next month or something. Uh, let's continue with uh, Allie Miller, Pima County Supervisor. Thank you for waiting, Allie. Sure. So it was official. Pima County bought that bowling alley down a Miracle Mile. Uh, yeah. That went through. And uh, talk about uh, the the questions you had for the appraiser, because apparently there's different values of that building. <laughs> yeah, I um, the appraisal came in from an outside appraisal company. And I think if you recall, the first one came in was $2 million, And then a week later, it came in at $2.2 million. I questioned that, and his re- that outside appraiser did send a letter back to me, and he said it was the first one was a typo. Oh. Okay, mm. let's say that's okay. So that's two point two million, and then I question, well, then why would we pay thirty percent over the appraised value, right? And mm-hmm. so I was asking that question again yesterday, and it was Pima County's real estate department manager. Mm. He told me, 
Well, you know, we pay over appraised value because we look at the highest and best use for it. Well, that's something that should be considered in the appraisal process, right? You value the building based on the conditions, et cetera, in that area. So the appraisal came out at 2.2. So this guy trying to tell me that we would pay over the appraised value because, you know, we consider highest and best use for the property. Um, some of the things that came out yesterday, uh, they're now estimating about $380,000 for the asbestos abatement that we brought up. Otherwise, we wouldn't have even known about that. We found that. So that's now at 380000 And then Huckleberry said the owner agreed to take 150000 less. Oh. Takes it down to $2.7 million. Mm-hmm. But there's an added task for Pima County if you recall, this guy's going to remove all the bowling lanes. The wood bowling lanes apparently are quite valuable. He's go- he was going to remove them all before he left the building. Um, he's going to be staying in there free for at least a year. No rent, nothing. And um, so he was going to be removing them. But uh, with the asbestos, they're not sure if there's asbestos under the bowling lanes. Oh. So now guess who's re- paying to remove those for him? Pima County taxpayers are paying to remove those bowling lanes for him. So that 150000 really, um, <laughs> with that added task, I assume that will be a considerable effort because there's, if I recall, 48 lanes, 48 or 50 lanes there. So uh, that's an added task on there. So he's taken 150000 less. We're paying $2.7 million plus closing costs. And Huckleberry's estimating $4 million uh, for remodeling the building, but some of the findings that the, uh, the county uh, department, facilities department, did an evaluation, and they said the outside pipe is uh, plumbing is clay, but it has a 100-year useful life, but it said they had roots in all of them, you know, tree oh, roots yeah. and that kind of thing. <laughs> so they're connected, to, and they said that those those pipes are all connected to the main building. And then they said the internal pipes are cast iron and they're all going to be replaced. There's issues with the electrical panels. The conductors are insufficiently sized, rust and decay in there. But then at the end, they said it, the building is in very good condition. Oh, besides that. <laughs> I'm sorry, what did Tom Hanks and Shelley Long decide to buy that for Pima County in the money pit? I'm just curious. <laughs> yeah, the money pit. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and there is... You know, uh, four million is what the estimate is to remodel it into this. Um, you know, for juvenile detention services, adult probation services, medical medical clinics, and they said they were going to use the kitchen for cooking classes. Oh, great! That's you know, what the government's job is. We have county is. buildings available right now. Remember, Caterpillar. Mm-hmm. We remodeled a county building downtown to house them until Rio Nuevo. Uh, has built the what a forty-three to fifty million dollar building for them, and that building looks like it's getting you know close to completion. I believe, if I recall, the schedule was either by the end of the year or this year that they're supposed to move in there. That frees up a remodeled building, a Pima County-owned building that they could use this um, for. We don't need to buy this now. It's obvious that uh, there's a, I don't know what the, the rationale is behind doing this, except we want to do it and we're going to do it. We can't fix the roads, 
we can't get, you know, use any of these monies to fix the roads, but we can do this. And this is um, how it continues in Pima County. And uh, people, people should be, uh, you know. Just, outraged. Yeah. Absolutely outraged. outraged. Um, it, it, <clears throat> every week there's another one of these deals that's coming through. And, you know, you can't keep up with it all. No. It's, you, ju- you just start looking at oh. it and what will this be? Uh, we don't even get to take possession of the building until at least a year away. He gets to stay in it for free. Rent-free. Yeah, rent-free. And then taxpayers are now, oh, we got to remove these bowling lanes. Well, guess what? That's a pretty tedious task and very labor-intensive. And again, nobody, if I went to buy a house and there were issues, I wouldn't buy the house. I'd make the homeowner do all the work before I bought the house. Exactly. This That's is, why you do inspections. Oh, God, this is insane. <laughs> and, and, and this is this is, um, you know, what happened yesterday. So they approved moving forward with it. Um, initially, they had a 45-day period. Then they extended it. Now they're going to move forward with this. So Good move. Good, yeah. good job. Bro. I mean, just another disappointment. I, and you ask the questions, and then at the end of it, you go, why do I even bother asking these questions? They don't care. The decision's been made. And uh, I think to save face, they had to come out and reduce a little bit because... Yeah. They'd never disclosed that it had asbestos in it. And that, by the way, was never considered in the appraisal that we had to do that cleanup. Oh, God. So, Allie. <laughs> so it's, you know, the, the people now own a bowling alley on Miracle Mile, and now we're stuck doing the cleanup. The garbage bowling. Yeah, great. Allie, thank you for exposing all this. Keep it sure. up. I know you keep, it's top. You're, you're keeping up with it. Thank God you are. Nobody else is. Allie Miller, Pima County Supervisor. Thank you for the time this morning. Pre- appreciate Bye. it. Bye-bye. 836, Wind 3. My, my buddy Bob Zachmeyer leads the Wind 3 team, brokered by EXP Realty. You want to buy a home? You, you're, yeah, I'm trying to buy it, Garrett. Everything's selling out from under me. I get it. I get it. Well, let me tell you something. Bob has a secret stash of homes nobody knows about. People call him every day, and I'm, I'm living evidence of this. Bob found a home for my wife and me, um, and, and we were able to get the house before anybody even saw it. Anybody, it was such a stress-free process. It was so simple. I was shocked at how easy it was. And if you're like, I can't imagine that ever happening because now the housing market's insane. I get it, but I'm telling you, call Bob Zachmeyer at 314-SOLD, 314-SOLD. He will make it easy for you. Tell him that Garrett sent you. He'll tell you all about my story, and he's a good guy. He leads the Win3 team brokered by EXP Realty at 314-SOLD. How can a guy that's, well, let's just say he's not six feet tall have an ego that big? One word, stimulation. The Morning Ritual with Garrett Lewis is on KNST AM 790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. We've had some great interviews. We're a little bit late. I know we'll do the three things again at uh, 9, uh, 9.08 this morning. I, pol- I don't apologize. We have great stuff to talk about. We do. We have great stuff. How about this situation with Pima County Valley Miller and, and, and just the, the bowling alley? I mean, it's you can't make up this stuff. It's so corrupt. It's so bad. It's so insane. Yet it continues to happen right under our nose. Literally right under our nose. Um, there's other stuff I want to get to as well. Uh, we have, oh man, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. We have that. Why don't we play one of her sound bites real fast? Um, I want you to hear 43. Wait, wait, wait. Yes, let's do 43. Another, another moment of stupid with the face of the Democratic Party, the socialist, who again, by the way, everybody that she endorsed, and she's won nothing but a primary in her whole life. Everyone that she endorsed yesterday lost which is awesome. She actually said this on some podcast or something. Just here we go. A lot of these folks were in their political heyday in third way 90s politics. 
and they were campaigning and they were really kind of um, connected most to an electorate when they were fighting for these seats. The Democrats, the when old they got ones. these seats, when they were campaigning most, when we had more of an American middle class, mm, more of one. And so I think that politically, this like upper middle class is probably more moderate. Mm-hmm. Um, but that upper middle class doesn't exist anymore in America. And thanks to the continued deregulation of Wall Street, thanks to the oh, continued um, gutting of working and middle class people, um, we need stronger champions. Yes, and people that have no freaking clue as to what's going on in the world. So she says the American middle class, upper middle class, is not existing anymore. Out of all places, CNN in 2016 reported the upper middle class grew to 29.4% of the population in 2014. Up from 12.9% in 1979. It's actually growing. It's growing. Upper mill. What's the definition? The Urban Institute says any household that makes between 100 grand and 350 grand for a three person family. American Enterprise Institute in 2016 also found the upper middle class growing. Yet, it's not existent. I mean, this is one of the biggest idiots that you're ever going to listen to. But then there'll be people that actually think that she knows what she's talking about and she's right on with her her, you know, bumper sticker slogans and statements and things like that. How how many times can this dingbat be wrong? Apparently a lot yesterday because since all her endorsement candidates lost. Uh but remember the whole thing about uh, Israel and uh, the occupation of Palestine and how uh people are now working two and three jobs, which is why unemployment is low. I mean, she is as dumb as the day is long. She is really that stupid. Again, but she is the face. I mean, how dumb can you be? Yet the media wants to attack Trump. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Well, it's not. It is believable. 850, we'll continue. It is KNST. All right, let's do it. 909, Garrett Lewis with you. KNST AM 790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. It is your morning ritual. It is what you do. Three things I think you need to know. Number one. Number one, the district in Ohio that Democrats said, that's the bellwether. We win this. Trump's going down. Well, it looks like they lost it. Too close to call, but Republicans got it by at least 1,700 votes. Should have won it by a lot more. Trump dragged the guy across the finish line. Trump always wins. He just he just does. All, we, all he does is win, win, win. And the... Face of the Democrats, the future of the Democrats, it's both. That uh, socialist chick, all of her people that she said, vote for them, they all lost. Second thing I think you need to know, Pima County supervisors vote three to two to delay accept, uh, to delay in voting to accept funds from the federal government for Operation Stone Garden, which they've done, they've accepted since 2004 every year to give extra funds to the Pima County Sheriff's Department so they can buy extra equipment, pay overtime. But since Trump's in charge of the federal government, Supervisor Dick Elias is making sure that uh, the public is not safe and he doesn't want the money to go to the Pima County Sheriff's Department. It's so irresponsible of uh, Supervisor Dick Elias, the awful driver Sharon Bronson sending women back decades, and uh, uh, Ramon Valadez, who apparently only does what, uh, what Dick Elias says. It's pathetic. It is pathetic. Third thing, I think you need to know, in Oro Valley, big election happening, and you have uh, HSL Properties, Umberto Lopez owns that, and he owns the Hilton El Conquistador, and he got his buddy Satish Hiramath, the mayor, remember to buy the golf course up there? He said, I got to keep the Hilton name, Golf and Tennis Resort. They won't let me keep it unless we have golf. I don't want to pay for this money-losing thing. 
You pay for it. I'll sell it to you for a mil. It's worth three mil. Sure. It's lost $6.9 million to the taxpayers over the past almost four years, three plus years. Well, guess what? Now it turns out that uh, Umberto and the Hilton, his Hilton and hotel that he owns, they don't want to be a golf resort. They want to be a spa resort. They want, they've applied to build a spa. He never wanted that golf course. And now the taxpayers in Oro Valley, they have to front the losses for that crap. And it's all thanks to Satish Hiremath, the current mayor. He sucks. Three things, changes need to happen. Three things that I think you need to know. Three people are running for town council. One of them is named Melanie Barrett, and she is a young mom up in Oro Valley. Melanie joins me now. Thanks for joining me, Melanie. How are you doing this morning? I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me. You got it. Before we talk about your experience and your past, and you have a a law degree, BYU, you know, you're not one of these old fogies up there in Oro Valley that's just complaining you don't have enough pickleball courts, stuff like that. Um, I want to get your take on uh, this thing that came out of the local paper this morning. Uh, To me, again, the biggest thing is the irresponsible spending by Satish Hiremath and the crew up there. Uh, and and yes. that buying of that that golf course, which was awful to get your take on that. But the fact now that he does the, the owner Umberto Lopez, who has donated a lot of money to Satish and the members of the council, and he got the taxpayers to take the losses for the golf course, and he got the benefit from it by keeping the Hilton name up there at his hotel. Now he wants to not even be known as a golf resort. He wants to go straight spa. I mean, that's like a knife in the back of the taxpayers, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think he sees the the writing on the wall that long term taxpayer, um, you know, subsidization of golf is not a great long-term strategy. And so he's moving towards being a spa resort so that he can keep the name spa or resort in his Hilton name. Mm -hmm. Because if some, you know, let's, let's say that you and Joe and the other two counts people win and you want to do something with the, uh, the golf course, you know, maybe even just close it down, whatever, then he'd be in trouble because he couldn't keep the name resort, right? He couldn't keep Hilton. So, yeah, that's my understanding. Yep. Yes. So let me. Be- I mean, I think it's likely that you know there will be some kind of temporary solution as we transition. You know, I think there will be some golf in Oro Valley because we're in this in this situation. Because of <laughs> because of Satish, I mean, you got to deal yeah. with. You got to clean and, up the mess and the five hundred and eighty five page contract with HSL that we've been saddled with. Oh God, um, Melanie Barrett is on KNST AM seven ninety running for town council in Oro Valley. Uh, before we get to your experience on the planning and zoning board, um, you're 36. You have a bunch of kids. Uh, you know, you're, and again, it's, it's what Oro Valley is becoming. It was named the number one place to raise a family a couple of years ago in Arizona. Um, why are you running for town council? Um, well, I think that uh, I've been on the planning and zoning commission for the last three and a half years. I'm really interested in zoning. I took classes about it in law school and did well in those and things. And, uh, and my experience on the planning and zoning, you know, I got in there and I tried to make some positive changes and work within the system and things like that. But over time, it just became worse and worse. And especially once the council went to their 7-0 vote um, two years ago, it, I just felt like the citizens were not getting a voice, that they weren't being listened to. And then I also have deep concerns about the special interest contributions and those things that are kind of pulling the strings in Oro Valley. And I also feel that younger families are being overlooked um, in the way that this mayor and council spends the money in the town. Uh, In what way? How are are, uh, younger families being overlooked? Well, in the 
in the last eight years, several times the top amenity being requested by residents has been a playground. And, you know, a playground is not that expensive in the context of the entire town budget. And yet in eight years, not a single playground has gone in, despite that being the top amenity requested by residents. Um, the amount being spent on golf and the community center or that portion of the budget is 2.7 times the entire rest of the parks and recreation budget. Wow. And so <laughs> I think that that shows that there's a lot of money going into this, these kind of things, you know, that aren't being used to serve the things that the people in our town are asking for. So you and this is Melanie Barrett. She is one of the uh, three people running for town council in Oral Valley. She's on KNST AM 790. So... You spent uh, three and a half years on the Planning and Zoning Commission under the Higher Math Administration. Um, yes. Can you explain what you guys do uh, in as in as lame in English terms as possible? Because I'm just a dumb radio guy. Uh, and then I want you to talk about um, you know if if Higher Math and his council members were actually open to listening to what you guys recommended. Yeah. So. Um, we make a recommendation to council. So we take a vote on different planning and zoning actions, and then those go before council, and they're just a recommendation. The council doesn't have to follow them. Um, it is common that the Planning and Zoning Commission votes in favor of the development, and I voted in favor of several of the developments for two reasons. One, I'm not opposed to development. I'm, oppo- I'm in favor of responsible development, and I'm opposed to special interests controlling that development. And two, um, often I would add amendments or conditions to try and do what I could to make the situation more palatable. But recently we've seen the council take out conditions that were key compromises at the planning and zoning level um, when it did come to them. If we ever did deny anything on planning and zoning, it got approved anyway. And, um, you know, in general... We just didn't feel that our concerns were being presented to them through staff reports and otherwise. And interestingly, in the three and a half years I've been on there and a year and a half spent as the vice chair, I had never met the mayor. He never once came to one of our meetings. He never once attended a neighborhood meeting. He never once came and met any of us at any of our volunteer appreciation dinners or anything like that. So I didn't meet him until I began running in this race. Wow. He had no interest. So basically, again, what you guys, and how many members of the Planning and Zoning Commission were there? Yeah, there's seven members of the Planning and Zoning Commission. And, um, you know, one of them is a friend of the mayor and council who runs a PAC for their reelection. Oh. And when recently two pro-development votes were going to end their term, there was a four-year limit on um, term limits on the Planning and Zoning Commission. The mayor and council changed the requirement to um, allow for longer terms on the Planning and Zoning Commission. So it's a little bit stacked towards those pro-development votes. And at that time, I know there were eight applications um, for, for qualified people to come and be on the Planning and Zoning Commission. So there was, you know, really no need to make that change. So Satish and his crew stacked the Planning and Zoning Commission with people that would do what they wanted, basically. That's what appeared that way. It appeared that way. Okay. I wouldn't say that's the case of every person on there. You know, there are some citizens that are really working hard and serving with integrity. But well, I would say that that is definitely an influence. Uh, Melanie Barrett is who you're listening to on KNST AM 790. She is running for Oro Valley Town Council. 
Um, now, when you say, you know, people are going to say, oh, my God, you know, here we go. Oro Valley needs to grow. We need businesses. We need homes. We need that stuff. And I hear this young lady on there, and she's complaining about pro-development stuff. And the knock that Satish and his crew try to say is that you guys don't know what you're doing, even though you have a law degree to classes in college about planning and zoning. You had experience. They just don't want to listen. Um, but you don't know what you're doing. And on top of that, you're against any kind of development. You're against, you see, you mentioned responsible development. Um, explain that because people are going to say, oh, she's just using a term. I mean, are you, are you yeah. against any development? What, what do you want to see? Yeah, in responsible well, I development? just want to clarify that there will be no halt on development if we are elected. There are five to seven years of homes that are already zoned and in the pipeline. Um, Oro Valley is reaching 85% build out. And um, so I think the issue of responsible development is, you know, that it needs to fit in with the neighborhoods and the communities and be responsive to the neighbors. In the last two years, there have been 14 rezoning and general plan amendments before the mayor and council, and 13 of them were approved 7-0, and one was approved 6-1. So if that isn't evidence that the special interest contributors are um, pulling some strings here, and these are the same people applying for these applications who are donating to the mayor and council's campaign, then, you know, I don't really know what would be evidence of that. Mm. And so when I say responsible development, I'm talking about having a mayor and council who can negotiate as equal partners with those who do business with the town of Oro Valley. Your, your experience being on the town council, uh, I'm sorry, not on the town council, you're running for town council, on, on the planning and zoning committee, and being an Oro Valley resident, and, and being someone involved with the local government up there, do you think that the mayor and his council are actually um, wanting to hear and making an effort to hear what residents have to say? No. <laughs> In fact, um, I was first being appointed to the Planning and Zoning Commission on an evening in December of 2014, and I attended the very first golf course meeting mm. where it was on the agenda late at night in a way that no one knew it was there, so there was almost no one in the room. And I filled out my blue card and said, let's keep the community center, but let's not go forward with this expensive golf course part, you know. And and I felt from that time on that we weren't being listened to because the Parks and Rec Board made the same recommendation. I'm saying the same thing today, you know. We're not going to close the community center. We're going to keep the community center. I've had friends speak before the council and had them mutter with the live microphones, oh, here we go again. You know, that's just kind of the attitude towards the citizens. Uh, Melanie Barrett is on KNST AM 790. She's running for town council in Oro Valley. So um, when and let's just talk about the golf course purchase for just a second. Uh, yeah. So you were there right there. I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I remember when this happened in December of 2014, and I couldn't believe how quickly it happened and how brash Hiramath was. And he he bragged he negotiated this deal by himself uh, with uh, with with uh, Umberto Lopez of HSL Properties. I mean, what's your reaction to this this whole purchase? And and after your reaction, do you talk to people in Oro Valley? And what's their reaction about it? Um. Yes. I. Well, my reaction was at first I was a little excited about the idea of having a community center, and then I found out more about the inadequacy of the facilities and the upgrades mm-hmm. that would be needed to it. But um, I was never in favor of moving forward with the golf course purchase. Of course, at that time, their five-year plan didn't show any tax revenues being involved in their break-even point. And now suddenly they've changed that definition to say it's breaking even. Mm-hmm. But, um, but you know, so I was, I was 
not happy with them being able to move forward with that. I think it's obvious that the mayor may have negotiated that deal himself because it's not a good deal for the town. You know, there's 585 pages of that contract written mostly by HSL's attorneys. And so maybe we need some people in there who can negotiate for the town, who haven't taken money from the people we're negotiating with. And I do go out and knock door to door and talk to people in Oro Valley. I also have a lot of um, acquaintances I talk to, and people are concerned about how much money is being spent on the golf course. And not just that they think it's going to bankrupt Oro Valley or anything like that, but just that it's taking away from the things that the citizens want. You know, the Naranja Park plan is about five years or more out and has no real intentions of being finished. And yet people are asking for playgrounds, for ball fields, you know, for things to be happening for younger families. But so much of the discretionary income is going towards golf. So what would you do? Finally, last one, and this is Melanie Barrett on KNST AM790 running for town council in Oro Valley. What would you do? How would you pay for parks to be built? What would be the plan? Would you go into debt? Would you raise taxes? How would that work? No, I think that our budget that's grown at five times the rate of inflation for the last eight years has plenty of room in it. Parks really don't cost that much money, you know, in the scheme of things. In, in the amount we're losing in golf in one year, in just one year, we could put in a beautiful park, a beautiful splash pad, and a couple of baseball fields every year for the amount we're losing in golf. So I think the plan is to work hard to mitigate those golf losses. We probably won't be able to eliminate them entirely given the constraints on the property, but we're going to mitigate them, acknowledge that there's a problem, and um, try and bring that money back into the community for the things that our residents want without growing the budget further. It really doesn't need to be grown as much as it has been. Uh, how much, and I said last one, but I obviously lied, how much is the town losing? I saw $6.9 million since uh, 2015 since the purchase was official. So is it about $2.5 million a year or so? Yeah, they've been losing $2.5 million a year. They have a bond for another $3.6 million to be put into golf, which will be paid for by the sales tax subsidy coming back from the marketplace. What that means is that even more of our sales tax dollars will be paying for golf. Unbelievable. Well, listen, uh, you strike me as a sharp tack. Satish is more than welcome to come on the show, but he never will. Uh, where can people find out more about you and your, uh, your fellow candidates that are trying to replace the current candidates that are now sitting uh, in, in government in Oro Valley? Yeah, my website is melaniebarrett.org, and I'm running with Joe Winfield, Joyce Jones-Ivy, and Josh Nicholson. Melanie, thank you. And we'd ask for your vote. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for the time uh, this morning. uh, Big primary coming up, or big vote coming up in about, what, 20 days. So uh, we'll see what happens. Thank you so much for the time. I appreciate it. Thank you, Garrett. Thanks for having me. You got it. Take care. It's Melanie Barrett uh, running for Oro Valley Town Council right here on KNST AM 792 Sounds Most Stimulating Talk. All right, what's happening? How you doing? Everything good? It's your morning ritual. Me, Garrett Lewis, KNST AM 790, Tucson's most stimulating talk. Uh, there are three things I think you need to know. Number one, the Trumpster. Oh, the Trumpster. Uh, the Trumpster pulled that Ohio Congress, the Ohio, who should be a congressman now, that Republican guy across the finish line. He was losing till Trump got there. Trump's a very powerful man. Republicans need to show up. They didn't even show up to vote. 40% was the turnout compared to 2016 when there was an election in this same district. So Trump dragged him across the uh, the finish line. Fantastic, right? Uh, Democrats are still crying. Alyssa Milano is blaming the Russian celebrities are bashing people living in Ohio. Isn't that nice? 
Uh, I guess Trump's not going to lose. Republicans aren't going to. There's not going to be that blue wave. Not not like they thought. Second thing that I think you need to know, Pima County Supervisor uh, Allie Miller, talk to her about this Operation Stone Garden. That's a grant Pima County Sheriff's Department has gotten every year since 2004. All the wording is the same. It helps them pay for overtime. Extra work, federal government gives it to counties across the country. But since Trump's president, Richard Elias, Dick Elias, I should say, we're running out of time, Dick Elias, uh, Sharon the Driver Bronson and uh, Ramon Valdez delayed to vote to accept it. This has been going on since February. So now the money's going to have to come out of the general fund. This is insane. Uh, Napier said he might have to start laying off employees at the Sheriff's Department. Uh, This is nuts. All because of Trump election derangement syndrome. This is insane. These same supervisors voted for this grant every year when it was Dupnik, when it was Nanos, and even last year for Napier. Third thing I think you need to know, Humberto Lopez out there in Oro Valley convinced somehow Mayor Hiramath to take on that money-losing golf course that's cost taxpayers $6.9 million up there in three-plus years. $6.9 million in losses. Uh, he doesn't even want to have a golf resort anymore at his hotel. He's applied to have a spa. So he got... He dumped the golf course on the taxpayers. I was like, forget it all. We'll be a spa resort. Yep, you can thanks to Tish Hiermath, the dopey mayor up in uh, Oro Valley for that. Three things I think you need to know. Uh, let's, okay, you want me to take us? Ian, Ian, welcome to KNST. Hello, Ian. Hey, thank you very much. And thank you very much, uh, um, Garrett, because you are our only voice here in Tucson talking about the truth, the corruption that's going on here, just like what's happened here in the county. But we have a bigger corruption in the state at level also. Okay. And one of the things is, is I've been studying and looking at the governor race I mean, the governor won't even come out and do a debate against the Ken Bennett, the other governor that's running for uh, governorship of Arizona. And I just heard that he's going to be in Tucson today at six o'clock at the Bear Canyon. Hang on. Who's going to be there? This is not a this is not a, a, a what are you doing to me? This is not a plum fest for Ken Bennett. I he didn't say it was. He wanted to talk about the corruption in uh, in state and local government. Ian, are you yanking my chain right now, Ian? You yanking my chain? Excuse me? Are you just here to my plug Ian? Ian yes. yes, I said that. Are you here to pl- just plug Ken Bennett? No, no. Ken Bennett's going to be here. I cut you off again. This is a fun game. Listen, uh, Ian, and I just don't really believe any word you're saying. I hang up on you now. We had to waste time on that? Hey, he held on for a long time. Yeah, he did. And it sounded like he was really concerned about... Uh, he lied. Know, He's a liar. About, you know, what we we gave Ken Bennett an interview, and he literally gave... Two of them, actually. A while ago, and He gave us about red for red when that thing was happening. And he literally had no answers. So as much as I'm not the biggest fan of Deucey, don't get me wrong, it was just useless. So I could give a crap. Right? Mm-hmm. I gave Ken the time, and he had literally nothing to say. So, uh, be, we're not people's freaking uh, campaign uh, commercial, okay? Are you sure about that? Positive. It's got to be compelling radio for us to be your campaign commercial. <laughs> Speaking of uh, compelling radio, Alexandria or- Ocasio-Cortez, 44 if you don't mind. I-, I left the question in there so you could hear it. Because I know every time you hear uh, you know, socialists say what they want, you always say, how do you pay for it? Right. She was actually asked that by somebody that actually agrees with her on things. Remember, I remember the study came out last week, thirty two point six trillion dollars for Medicare for all. 
What a deal. It's free. No, it costs $32.6 trillion. Just take it from rich people. Right. Right. Uh, listen to this. Here we go. We don't talk about what defense costs. We're about to hit a trillion dollars in debt because of the corporate tax cuts. Yet, when we talk about pre-K, health care, college, exactly. suddenly it's unrealistic because of costs. And it's not mm -hmm. just bad faith Republicans that make that argument. You hear it from Democrats yep. as well. What's your response to that? Well, I think it, it's that same exact thing. It's that what we, you know, they say, how are you going to pay for it? As though they haven't used these same ways to pay for unlimited wars, to pay for trillion-dollar tax cuts and tax cut extensions. They use these mechanisms to pay for what? these things all the time. Pause it. They what mechanisms? What is she talking about? They use these mechanisms to pay for other stuff when they can pay for other Mechanisms? Okay, she still hasn't answered how she's going to pay for it. Let's go. They only want to know. It just seems like their pockets are only empty when we're talking about education and investing in human capital in the United States, education, health care, housing, um, and investing in the middle class. All of a sudden, you know, there's nothing left. All of a sudden, mm. the wealthiest nation in the world has, we're just totally scarce. I mean, we have what? complete scarcity when it comes to the things that are most important. Pause it. And Maybe she should look at Venezuela. Speaking of scarcity, where they're literally hunting skinny dogs that have no food to eat them. She loves socialism. She should love Venezuela. They're socialism. They have scarcity, not us. Let's continue. And so uh, for me, I think it belies a lack of moral priority. What? Um, to, and to, to steal from people? I think How are you going to pay for this? But I also think a lot of these folks, especially those, on, I think, perhaps on the Democratic side, perhaps they don't even see it. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know if that's a generous interpretation or not, but I, I legitimately think that they start kind of buying into conservative talking points. They get dragged into their court all the time. What? And I think it, it is because there's this really myopic and also m just misunderstding of politics as this Pause flat two- Remember the question was, how are you going to pay for all this stuff? Let's continue. Two-dimensional left-right thing. Um, and so they always feel like, okay, the right says this thing, we have to respond to it. What? And th that's why they're winning. That's why they've won for the last 10 years, because they've dragged us onto their court. What? And we, we refuse Thank to you. have our own strong message to force them to play defense on. Boy, she is a pro. She's like Obama in <laughs> she meandering. She's a pro, man. What the hell? I, you know, this is like the, Bill, the Billy Madison thing. Yeah. Your, your answer, it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. We're all dumber now for, <laughs> for, for here we're going to say whatever the hell. Like, no, that's not. That's how bad it is. By the way, on my, uh, I think I put this on, I put it on my twi Twitter. I tweeted it out at uh, Garrett Lewis. I'll put it on my Facebook page. The fact that Martha McSally, who has, I don't know if you know about that. She has a pair of ovaries. She's like really tough because she has ovaries. Are you sure? Um, I'm, I could have sworn we heard her say Throw a pair of ovaries yeah, and get the job done. And she's taking on terrorists, so she's not scared of anybody, right? Remember that one? After taking on terrorists in yeah. combat, yeah. the liberals in the Senate won't scare me one bit. But apparently uh, TV ads for, uh, for Kelly Water scaring her. She had her D.C. lawyer uh, fire off letters to TV stations running the ads that basically call out Martha for being soft on amnesty and everything else. Saying, you better take these off the air. We're going to come after you. And the man is, the station managers of these uh, TV stations said, go pound sand. I'll put that on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash Garrett Lewis Radio. Like it and follow it.